Welcome back to Life on Purpose, a podcast by Apothecala. You're listening to episode eight. I wanted to share more about Robert and I today by talking about our life in the motorhome or expanding on our conversation in episode five about our marriage, but we have decided to share our answers to some of life's biggest questions. After this episode, if there are more questions you would like to ask us, just let us know. Now, these are the kind of questions I wish I could ask people on the elevator, but I don't because it's not socially acceptable. Let's dive right in. Question number one, are you a glass half full or a glass half empty kind of person? Okay, so I understand why people ask that question and I ask that question myself, but I I think it's kind of misleading that we always give the two answers, you know, is it half empty or is it half full? Because it's a half a glass. I mean, that's, that's what it is, really. It's just a half of glass. I mean, if you want to say that I'm a, I'm a skeptical kind of guy because I look at it as half empty and I'm like, oh, I already finished half my glass of soda. And now I'm, you know, so I'm kind of a bummed out kind of guy. Maybe you could see it like that. And then I guess there are those people who are like, well, it's halfway full and they're all chipper and perky. And that's why you ask to find that out. But uh, nope, it's a half a glass. And then if you really, really want to talk about it, if you want to get into it, it's a full glass because we live in an environment with an atmosphere. So even though only half of it is filled by liquid, (laughs) the other half is filled by gas. So I guess you can look at it that way too. So we need, we really need more than just an A and B answer. But, uh, but what about you? Well, first I have to appreciate that you are a realist with your answer. And I loved how you said that there's atmosphere in the glass because that's just who you are. Um, I would say that for me, it just really depends on the day. Um, when I finish half a glass of water and I'm having a, an off day, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to go fill my water bottle up again pretty soon. But when I'm having a really good day, it's not a big deal. It's like, hey, I still got half a glass, you know, half a glass left. So I think I wouldn't say that I'm an optimist or a pessimist. I would say that I realize that there's a glass that's halfway full. And it really just depends on my mood as to whether I'm looking forward to filling the glass up again or not. So I think that's my answer. Well, so today, are you in a particularly good mood because you ended your statement with the glass is half full? (laughs) Um, I am in a good mood today, yes. (laughs) Well, yeah, she's in a good mood, so the glass is half half full. Yeah. And um, I don't know, I'm also... I guess I'm kind of grateful that we got the glass. Yeah. I remember when the glass was gone. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it's better to have a half a glass than a half a handheld cup full of water. <laughs> uh. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. We kind of went off on a tangent. But question number two. What do you think deja vu is? Oh, wow. That's, that's crazy. I feel like, uh, you might've asked me this before. (laughs) (laughs) And we, I know we do. We like to ask people what deja vu is. And I I love all the different, um, explanations we get. And, uh, 
I don't know. I'm I'm of two minds. There's really like two things for me. There's the one where it's just uh, a trick. Uh, it's the way that your mind uh, records memories. You know, maybe we we are all just a second slower than time really is. In those moments when we have deja vu, we we're fast enough to catch up. Or maybe it's that. There is an infinite number of universes out there and they're all side by side, just a little bit off and undetectable by us, but still there and spreading infinitely into the universe in all directions. And some moments are so powerful that when they happen so much that you can't help but notice them. And you're like, wow, this, this moment happened in like so many different universes all at one time and all those different universes at the same time, I was focused on that moment and it made it a powerful moment. So maybe... Maybe there's that. Yeah, I think that I also am of two minds when it comes to deja vu. The first thing I think of it is deja vu is similar to a hiccup that just happens in our mind and it makes us feel that we've experienced this before. The second thing is more along the line of Robert's second opinion where there are infinite numbers of possibilities all around us and this moment is significant and the reason that I think that is because when I look at pivotal moments in my life before I met Robert since I've met Robert even now when things are moving really fast in my life and I'm having to make choices like bam 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 and my life is changing or I'm experiencing great growth or you know just any even difficulties sometimes I have more deja vu during those times than I do on a mundane Monday where I'm just going into the office and then coming home and working on the blog and going to bed. So, you know, I think that those profound moments, it almost feels to me like that's my subconscious telling me you've made the right decision or this decision is very important. Um... I don't think even science really knows what deja vu is yet, but it is a phenomenon that occurs to all of us, whether or not we know that it's called deja vu. Um, and it is really interesting. Sometimes when I have it, it's at very random times. Um, one time, in for an example, was after Christmas dinner, we went to visit my family for Christmas dinner, and we were coming back home, and we were getting off of the interstate. And in my mind, it was happening in black and white, and it felt like deja vu, like I had experienced that moment before in a time when we didn't have color television. <laughs> I don't know. It was the weirdest thing ever. Um, but I do have deja vu more often when my life is moving faster. So I think it has to mean something. I'm just not really sure what it means or... If we'll ever know. Well, I know that for me, it's happened a lot more since we've moved to California. So maybe, I don't know, because we have had a lot of changes. And, uh, you know, living here in San Diego, there's a, it's been a, a big change and a lot of different new things. So there's that. Yeah, and life seems to move fast here every day. Yeah, ain't that the truth? I mean, the time has gone by really fast. But um, for me, I tend to have deja vu when I have thoughts, like a thought for me triggers deja vu. Um, so, you know, whether it's um, I'm having a particular daydream about, you know, being a, 
a legionnaire or something like that or whether I'm trying to solve a social issue that's important to me you know that that tends to tends to make it happen yeah hmm. awesome so question number three why do you think we dream and do you personally dream in color or black and white so until you said something i just thought that everybody dreamt in color so i dream in color and i just thought that that was the thing um as far as why we dream i don't know i hear all different kind of things uh, i mean you know uh, it could be your subconscious trying to express itself it could be premonitions it could be uh, a totally different reality and maybe uh, the dream world is the real world and this is the the, the sleeping world i don't know um i would like to think that you know that they are just in my head and that nothing ever happens from them but this is going to sound a little bit crazy but you and I, I mean, this is going to sound crazy to our listeners, not to us, because we, <laughs> we were there. But you and I have, like, shared dreams yeah. where we've had similar experiences. And I don't think that it could all just uh, be, you know, just a psychological thing or what have you, because sometimes I, I can control my dreams. And and sometimes I feel like I have powerful dreams that, that are trying to give me a message. Maybe not prophetic, but I feel like, you know... Uh, that sometimes dreams are like it, one dream in particular I'll never forget it. it it's still just as vivid to me where I was in a city that was all like spires and white towers and stairs that connected them and I'm in line with all these people that look like monks and we're walking up to this center platform where there's these two spinning discs that are spinning on each other and people are stepping into it and they're leaving and when I get my turn, the guy's like, just step in. And I asked him what's going on. And he said, just step in and hold your breath. So I step in and hold my breath. And I reach up and I grab hold of this thing that's above me. And I just get stretched out. Like spaghettified or, or whatever it's called <laughs> when you get sucked into a black hole. And then I'm in space. And I'm in a different plane. And I can look down and I can see the earth. And I can look out and I can see other beings. But they don't look like people. But they're there. And I'm like, well, what do we do now? And the being says, we go that way. And then I woke up. And that was just crazy to me. I mean, you'll never, I can't forget that dream. I may not remember uh, some of the more important dreams. And I remember that dream where we were connected. So it's important if it's lasted with me for that many years. Yeah. So earlier, Robert said that there are dreams that he has that he can control. Um, and this dream in particular, the one that we shared, we've shared a couple of dreams, but none of them have been this vivid to both of us. Um, I started out in a random city that was kind of like an orange tint. It was at night and there were orange street lights. Um, all the buildings looked like orangey yellow and I was searching for Robert. I would catch a glimpse of Robert and then I'd follow him that way and then I wouldn't see him again. The second place that I was was on a bridge um, over a boardwalk, like a beach boardwalk where there's little markets and people, you know, throwing the ball, the beach ball at each other and just laying out and sunbathing. And I saw Robert and I go to get Robert and I can't find him again. And then I go down to the beach and I'm walking through the umbrellas and the people and the market stalls down on the beach and I see Robert and then I don't see him again. So I was like constantly trying to find Robert and 
the next morning we woke up and he was like, yeah, I was in this city at night and I was, I realized I was dreaming and I tried to fly, but something kept pulling me back. And this, when it pulled me back, I was on this bridge over a beach with markets and people and I get ready to fly again and something pulls me back down to the beach. And then I try to fly again and I'm like, wow. And I told him about my experience and everything that we described to each other was exactly what the other person was dreaming about. It's just that I was trying to find Robert and he was trying to fly. So <laughs> it's just, it was really crazy. And that happened probably six years ago and it's something we both still vividly remember. So I personally dream in color clearly because I said that the city was orangey yellow. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't really ask many people that question, but I do know that some people only dream in color and some people only dream in black and white. I'm thankful that I dream in color. I appreciate it. Um, as far as what, what do I think dreams mean? I think that dreams are an expression of our energy, like our creative energy that we have stored in our mind that maybe we don't use. Um, our subconscious self wanting to explore or um, when it has questions about things or maybe even trying to send us messages. I've had dreams where when I wake up, I know the answer to something that I've been contemplating for a while. Um, I don't know that there's any one specific thing. It could just be that when we're asleep and our body is using all of our stored energy to keep us asleep and to rest ourselves, our mind produces like, you know, DMT molecules or who knows what kind of molecules fire off while we're sleeping. And so that's what we experience. I mean, our body does naturally produce those things. Um, I know that it's more of a subconscious experience. So you are hallucinating. You are hallucinating. <laughs> so I don't know. That's I don't have a definitive answer about it, but, you know, we just like to talk to people about this kind of stuff. It helps us get to know people, and that's why we're sharing, so. And it helps us to figure out our own ideas, because, you know, at first you just thought a dream was just one thing, and now you got a hundred different ideas of what a dream could be, and some of the things that we've heard were like, well, that's hokum. I'm not listening to you. <laughs> well, lots of stuff you're like, well, that's interesting. Let me mull that for a little while. I will say that I am the type of person that if I see... A certain animal several times in a day or like one time I saw three pennies laying on the ground and then I saw three pennies laying on a table and then I came home and I pulled the change out of my purse and I had three pennies and it wasn't the two that I saw earlier I will look up symbolism of things so recently I had a dream about um, a jaguar and the jaguar was kind of like following me around in the dream, staying at a good distance, but I kept looking back and it was there. So as soon as I woke up that morning, I googled, what is the symbolic meaning of a jaguar? And it really fit my life at the time. I can't remember what it was, but just try to keep that in mind. If you're ever having dreams and it's revolving around an animal or an object that's not really a normal part of your life, get up and look it up if you can remember to. Well, I definitely think that uh, dream symbols do, I mean, mean something because I've, I've read a lot of stuff and, and a lot of it does seem to make sense. Like yeah. when you fly in your dreams, it means that you feel like you have control of your life. When you're falling, it means you feel like you're out of control. You know, when, <clears throat> when this, even when it's 
weird things that don't seem to make sense. Like if your teeth are falling out of your head, it means that you, you're uh, unhappy in your relationship or something. I mean, I'm not sure that's what it means, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, even when it's just weird stuff that you read, it's like, yeah, maybe that is, maybe that is kind of going on in my life. So yeah. Uh, it could it could very well just be our psycho our, our subconscious minds having hallucinations and <laughs> trying to warn us about what we've got going on that we can't see when we're awake. Yeah. Speaking of deja vu, I had deja vu just a moment ago. That was interesting. Was it while we were talking about deja vu? No, it was while we were talking about um, dreams. And I looked at my phone and there was an alert. And the, what you were saying in the alert, I had experienced before. Yeah. That's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. So question number four. What do you, Mr. Winter, think about aliens? So, personally... I think that we need to keep our presence here on Earth under wraps, and um, we really have been doing very good at that uh, until I until I spilled the beans. No, I think that there are aliens. I do believe that there are extraterrestrials. There are too many stars in the galaxy for there to not be any life revolving around one of them. You know, it it's the 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 the, the it's just too vast. Um, as far as do I think aliens are here, I'd like to think that they've that they've been able to contact us. I'd like to think that they're advanced enough to travel outside their solar system and can visit other planets. Um, the reason why I don't think that they're not just living among us and like hanging out on TV is because they would be really far beyond us if they could harness the power of their planet and start traveling to other planets. They, they've got to be really far beyond us. So when they come here, why would they want to live like us? Why would they want to live with us? Why would they even want to talk to us? I mean, for the most part, we're, we're very simple. I mean, we still kind of destroy each other. We fight over vast uh, resources. You know, we... Why would they want to come down and and get on the television? And, and you know, it, it doesn't make sense to think that extraterrestrials are going to show up and show us the secret to the universe and, and how to live because, you know, they survived. And I mean, thinking about it, like if I got through it all, I'd be like, well, you know, if they're not smart enough to get through this, we really don't want them flying around the universe because let's say we show them technology and, you know, well, this is what the universe is really like. Now go out and explore it. And they go out and explore it and start dropping bombs on people. So I'm quite certain that the aliens are out there and they have good reason for, for not wanting to contact us. Yeah, I also do believe um, like Robert, that, well, first of all, I can't remember who said it. I'm thinking it was Carl Sagan that there are more stars in the sky than there are grains of sand in the ocean. That was him, right? On the beach or in the ocean? Uh, Same thing. Oh. So if there are more stars in the sky than there are grains of sand on the beach and in the ocean, on the planet basically so and all suns have the potential have the potential to have a solar system around them there are other planets and nasa has confirmed that there are other planets at the exact right positioning from other suns that can produce life my so i definitely believe that aliens exist i don't question that at all 
I really would love to meet other aliens. As fascinated as we are with anthropology and learning about other cultures, I would love to meet an alien and hopefully that we could understand each other so that I could just ask all kinds of questions because that's who I am. I ask questions. And they wouldn't kill us. And that the last part would be that they wouldn't kill us. But I have to believe that if I were an alien and I was in my spaceship hovering around planet Earth, I wouldn't come down. I would not come down and risk my sanity and my safety to be around a bunch of people that are hurting each other, that are, you know, using an imaginary energy, which is money, to control how well some people live and how some people don't live well at all. And that creates wars and there's poverty and there's so many things that happen here that as an alien, I'd be like, I'm going to see if there's another system out there with another planet that has, you know, more evolved, more groovy people to spend my time with. So... That may not make a lot of sense, but basically if I were an alien, I wouldn't waste my time with humanity. I would keep moving on, and if I were that evolved to where I could just float around wherever I wanted to, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be in the middle. And the other thing is, it's not as noticeable in San Diego, but all across the country of America, racism is still a huge deal. And if people treat other people with the same, you know, with disrespect like they do all across the country, what would make you think that they would be any better towards aliens? <laughs> I mean, we think that racism is bad, but, and it is, it's terrible. But if an alien came and they were not even human, I would say 80% of this country would just pull out their gun and shoot them without even asking questions, without even knowing if they're safe or not. We'd be building a space wall. We'd be building a space wall. And at least that would help global warming. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, that's my thought. I think that we have to evolve more as humans before the aliens that are out there will want to make contact because it, it's not safe for them. Or maybe they already have made contact and our government has told them to go go away or whatever. I don't know. But I would like to know. Well, if they showed up and got shot at, yeah. I imagine they'd leave. Yeah. There are a lot of interesting documentaries. Yeah, I would definitely recommend you all check out a documentary called Unacknowledged on Netflix. It's really good. It's not too long. Um, it's good. We've made our friends watch it. And we always uh, ask this question with our new friends. Yes, and we do. And we get a lot of different stories of people who think that they've seen something or they they've, know yep. somebody who has seen something. So I don't feel like I'm as crazy no. uh, talking about it today as I think I 20, years like 20 years ago. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a good one. So our last question, and I think it's probably my favorite, is... If you could change one thing about the world, what would it be? So, yeah, so that's a good question. That is definitely uh, one of the things that I think about a lot. Um, even, even though I know that there's nothing I can really do about it today. But I would like to end poverty. Like if I could do one mm -hmm. thing this, with a wish or the stroke of a pen, it would be to end poverty. I think that... 
I mean, people like to say that money is the root of all evil, but it's not really money that's the root of all evil. Money is just a thing. I mean, I'm not happy with the way that money is treated and all, but it, that's not the root of all evil. It, it's poverty and people are like oh well crime well crime comes from poverty well rich people commit crime too well they commit crime to prevent themselves from ever being in poverty i mean poverty is it's definitely man-made we do not need to live like that i i can understand you know in times of scarcity or whatever when when we didn't know what we were doing and we couldn't control the crops the way we could and we couldn't manufacture goods the way that we do but we live in a society now today where we should be able to provide for everyone, for every one of us. Now, I'm not saying we all should have mansions and jets because that's unrealistic. That is, that is silly. Uh, and I'm not saying that those things shouldn't exist because we should have the best that our technology can offer. But there is no reason for anyone on this planet to ever go to bed hungry or to wonder where their next meal is coming from. And, and it's not just about making sure that everybody has a job and I want to see unemployment raised and, or lowered and I want to see the minimum raised wage because that's kind of BS too. I don't think that we all need to work. I think that's this big problem that we have is that everybody is so busy out trying to make a dollar that nobody's living. And then it is so paying attention to what they have to do that no one is enjoying themselves and they're, and they're not doing what, they, what they're here to do, what they're meant to do. And I feel like if I could just, if we could get rid of poverty, then, then everybody would, you know, you'd be doing what you want to do. Think about all the art we would create. Imagine if instead of everybody, you know, wor worrying about going to do some job that doesn't really matter, that doesn't need to be done for a dollar that doesn't exist. If they were just home painting, writing, telling stories, riding bikes, spending time with your kids. Imagine how, how well adjusted your children would be. If you could spend all your time with them instead of sending them off to school and having them, I mean, I'm not saying they shouldn't go to school, but I'm saying they, they're babysat by a teacher who can't focus and pay attention to them. And then when they get home, they're babysat by a television and a video game. And then on the weekend, everybody's so exhausted, you don't have time to parent your children. Imagine what it would be like if you could actually spend time with them and you could teach them and install values on them and everything. So all, I feel like every problem that we have is caused by poverty. And and the, and I know this is an absolutely selfish thing. I don't want anybody to think that I'm like some really good guy or you know Gandhi. I'm not that. I'm not that nice. I really don't care that yes, much. You are. I really don't care that much about everybody. I, the reason why I want poverty to end is for me, so I don't have to suffer from it, and so I don't ever have to see it. And and the way that I see it is, if one person on this planet can suffer, well then I can suffer. So I want to make sure that there's no chance of me suffering by making sure that nobody suffers. So. If you ever think of, oh, well, that's, you know, too noble a thing. No, it's not too noble a thing. You want to end poverty for you. Okay? So get on board with it. We, we, just, we need to end it. <laughs> I'm on board. I'm with you. All right. So that's me. So for me, the one thing that I would want to change in this, the whole world, is access to and an abundance of the best education we can give. I don't mean education that is dictated by your culture. I don't mean education that's fed to us that isn't accurate information about our history or subjects that are really profound that we should know more about. Um, I feel like the science that I learned in school was just totally scratching the surface. It wasn't very deep. The history that I learned in school was very, very... Um, saturated with propaganda 
Um, I grew up in the Southeast, so that's the kind of history that I learned. Um, everything had that viewpoint and kind of like the lessons that said slavery wasn't so bad because, you know, they had houses and food. And yeah. They, they would have just lived in huts in Africa. Yeah. So I mean, I, I remember I, the lesson plans. Yeah. I've had a teacher in the past say those types of things, but I think that every person is entitled to the best education that the world has to offer. I think that more and more today you see childless couples out of choice until they are at the age where they feel they can actually provide for their kids and i'm not saying that that should be everyone's path but i am saying that when everyone is educated and you know everything you need to know to go out and be an adult in this world you realize that you know wearing a condom or taking contraceptives is a lot less expensive and headache you know it's a lot less expensive and a lot less of a headache than dealing with a child that you can't afford or you don't have the energy for because you're having to work three jobs and i know that that may not seem like it has anything to do with education but it does um we actually had to write a paper in school about a community in africa uh, that was taught about, um, they were just taught, they were educated, they brought education into these people. Um, prior to the education, every woman in the tribe was having nine kids by the time they were like, what, 30 or 32. It was like a baby every year from teenagehood. And 10 years after the education they were given, the average number of kids per family was two. So, education really does have so much more of an impact than just what where you work and like robert said i don't think that every person needs to work i think that some people need to make art some people need to sing some people need to teach some people need to travel and figure out how to make the world a better place or some people just need to think you know there are people out there that are amazing thinkers that could really help solve problems just by thinking, but they're stuck in a job that they hate and they don't have the energy. So I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of rambling, but I would definitely change the state of our education worldwide. I think that all people should have access to the same education so that we're all given the same opportunities. Again, it's not even related to what you do as a job or your career, but who you are as a person and what type of impact that has on the planet because that ultimately my friends is the most important thing there is no planet b right now that we can go to if us uneducated humans destroy the one that we're on and when you're educated you care less about menial stuff you just you want to know more about the big stuff and it doesn't matter what kind of education you're you're into but i do know that it expands your mind even um, from people who are self-educated that have spent years and years and years researching specific subjects they've never been formally educated these people um, their perspective of life is so much bigger because they've educated themselves so i don't know i just think that every person should have the opportunity to learn and i think if every person had that opportunity more people would be excited about it because there's nothing worse than 
thinking, oh, well, my parents can't afford to send me to college, so I either don't get to have an education or I get to have $150,000 in debt by the time I'm 25 and, you know, there goes my chance of ever buying a house. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's the whole goes back to the poverty thing. Well, also, don't forget how our public education system has a way of just killing your thirst for knowledge. Yeah. Because I, I, I mean, I loved learning, but... Me too. S- classwork and schoolwork wasn't always easy for me. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I feel like there are lots of people who can be educated who think that they're an idiot out there just because they don't fit well into that system. I feel like there are plenty of people out there who are who are geniuses who uh, just can't fit in, in the system so they, they don't become properly educated. Yeah. And, you know, when we water down our history and we blunt our science and we overcomplicate our math, we make it so the children don't want to learn. Yep. And, you know, we, the education that we give our children that don't prepare them for the real world in the end. I mean, I just heard a sad story of a child recently who could not sign their name. So what is going to happen when, you know, he, you need to sign your name for so many things. You need, yeah. you can't even have a bank card without signing the back of it. So, you know. <laughs> It's it's just sad. Well, and I want to go back for a second and say clearly that I am not against people wanting to have large families. I know (laughs) lots of people that have many kids, and that's their goal in life. That is their aspiration. I know some very well-educated individuals that have six to ten kids. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to convey that if you don't know any better you won't do any better. But if your goal or dream in life is to have a large family, I knew people in school who said when they grow up, they want to have enough kids to have a football team. And you know what? If you've got that much energy, go for it. Definitely go for it. And uh, invite me to the football games. But I just think that that was an example because we did that research paper in school and it was just amazing at what type of difference education made on a community that had never had education before. Well, yeah, I can understand the point that you're trying to make. I'm sure that our friends with 511 kids aren't as offended as you thought they would be. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, well, you know, let's face it. I I probably would have had a different um, life had I not knocked off the girl next door at the age of 15. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying that I, I don't love my son or that I don't wish, that I wish I didn't have him, but, you know, maybe my life isn't the life that I want for him. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, educate him. <laughs> so he doesn't knock yeah. up the girl next door at 15. I agree. And I... I think that poverty, ending poverty and giving everyone education would make such a huge difference on this planet. Just those two things alone would just totally revolutionize our lives. So that's what it's like to come over and hang out with us. That's what we're going to do. We're going to actually... That's what we talk about. And it's funny. We have friends that can just spit out answers. We have others that can't answer. Then we have friends that come back and say, you remember that you asked me? Well, I, <laughs> I, I read a book. So. <laughs> all right, friends. That's all we have to share for today. 
Again, if you have deep questions you would like us to answer on our next episode of Getting to Know You, send them our way. You can reach me via email at kayla at apothecayla.co. We're definitely excited to have your input. Thank you for hanging out with us today, and we'll see you next time. To learn more about me between episodes, find me at apothecayla.co. That's A-P-O-T-H-E-K-A-Y-L-A dot C-O. You can also connect with me on social media at Apothecayla on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let me know if you have any questions by filling out the contact form on the blog. And until we meet again, be well.